0: Well, it is good to be here in Light Baptist Church this morning. So glad to uh, have you here. Those that are watching online, we appreciate you. And just pray the Lord's blessing you today. Uh, Before we get into the message, I would like to say thank you for praying for my mother. Uh, She did get discharged from the hospital this past week, and she is now in uh, North Carolina, in Winston-Salem, at Novant Rehabilitation Hospital. And she's going to go through some rehabilitation there to be able to walk and gain her strength back. And then she's going to move in with my sister, Jennifer, who lives there in Rural Hall, which is right beside Winston-Salem. And she's going to stay there for a little while until she gets all her strength built up and and back on her feet. And then uh, back here in in Tennessee. But we're so thrilled. The Lord uh, watched over her through all that. She was in the hospital 50 days. And all you guys were praying for. We're just amazed at the outpouring of love that was shown to my mother. Uh, she has so many friends and uh, church family and uh, family members. Uh, just love her to death. And uh, I'll tell you what, I was that was it brought me such joy just to be able to see her uh, get out of that hospital. And uh, I thank you for your prayers. <laughs> I won't keep going on and on about it. I'm just, I'm just delighted about it. I do want you to pray for my father-in-law. Harry Seaton, he's not doing very well. Uh, my wife is there this morning. She was there with him yesterday as well. Uh, her and her sisters and brothers are taking turns uh, staying with him through the day. Uh, he is, I believe, 96 years old and uh, having a few health problems and uh, needs, needs some folks there to be with him. And so you pray for him and pray for these other folks that are sick right now and in the hospital uh they say the covid is getting uh not as bad now uh the cdc said that you don't have to wear a mask anymore and uh, we could have told them that already but uh anyway uh they say you no longer require to wear a mask in most places but uh i, I am just uh glad that uh, the lord has blessed us with another day to be in in god's house i've been singing this morning and since my wife's not here to help me i've just been singing as loud as i can and uh but uh, had a good time already today. But we are going to preach this morning. And so if you have your copy of God's Word, if you turn to the book of Romans, Romans chapter 10. And Lord willing, we're going to look at verses 12 through 21, which will finish out this chapter. And this will be part number 37 of our Rooting Through Romans Bible Study series. And uh, we've been through this sermon series now for several weeks. Well, actually um, a year and a half or more. Uh, it's been a long time. Uh, we've had to take breaks in between some of the some of the uh, messages, but uh, Lord willing, we'll, we'll be able to finish out this book, hopefully by the end of the year. But uh, Romans chapter 10, one of the most important, not that any Bible verse is not important, but it's one of the most important verses uh, to know about salvation. Uh, we always include it. Uh, anytime we're presenting the gospel to someone, And how to be saved, we always want to include Romans chapter 10 because of the message that it gives us. And so let's go ahead and read, we'll go ahead and read verse 12 and we'll pray and then we'll get right into the rest of the message. And here the Bible says, for there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. Heavenly Father, Lord, help us this morning as we try to preach. Lord, we can only do it with your help. Would you help us? Lord, may your word go out and do a mighty work in our hearts today. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, here in our opening verse here in chapter, or verse 12 of chapter 10, Paul makes this statement that he's always made, that salvation, God brings salvation to all men, not just the Jew. This message has actually been around throughout the Old Testament, It was it was told that uh, God would bring salvation to the Gentiles. And uh, the Jews just, for some reason, just could not ever grasp that fact. So they refused to believe that. And so when Paul comes along preaching the truth about the gospel being to all men, Jew and Gentile alike, well, there's a lot of them that want to shake their heads and say, Oh, no, uh, no, the Gentiles are dogs and Gentiles are not God's people. There's no way that God would offer salvation to those people. But the fact is he did, and he, and he prophesied that he would. All the prophets, they prophesied, Isaiah prophesied that uh, they would, uh, that salvation would go out to them. So Paul is just driving it home for them. And so he tells them that the Lord is Lord of all, of all, over all men, not just you Jews. And that all men to be saved must what, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ by faith and call his name to be saved. And so he says, uh, unto all that call upon him. And he follows it up there in verse 13. He says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, this is one of the points I want to talk about this morning for just a little bit. Uh, Calling upon the name of the Lord for salvation. Now, the, the question is, is that all you have to do? Let's say you're dying. You're on your deathbed. You've got seconds to live. And somebody says, Have you ever been saved? Are you going to go to heaven or hell? And they they say, well, I don't know. I I don't know nothing about that. Well, then call on the name of Jesus and you'll be saved. And they'll say, Jesus saves me. Save me. Now, does that mean that person got saved? No, it does not. It it means nothing. You can't just call upon the name of someone to be saved if you don't know who they are. If you've never believed in them. If you've never had faith in them. Their finished work on the cross. Now that's that's why you would call upon the name of the Lord. And Paul knew that those Jews would ask the same question. So you mean all we gotta do is yell out this name, Jesus? You know, kind of like a magic genie in a bottle, or or uh, you know, just call out anything. Say for example, somebody told you you could be saved and go to heaven if you'd simply call on the name of Amazon. Well, there'd be some people that would do that. Uh, that's a desperate hour when you're in your final minutes of, of life and you're facing death and you're, you don't know what's going to happen. Why well, you would call on anything somebody told you to call upon. but don't mean you believe in it, but you're desperate enough to do it. Call on the name of Amazon, you should be saved. Amazon, save me. They'd be people that do it. And so to call upon the name of the Lord to be saved, where Paul says there, uh it says, Unto all that call upon him, and in verse 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The thought behind that is that they understand who they're calling on. And so they have had to hear the gospel. You can't get saved outside of the gospel. There is no salvation outside of the gospel. So anybody that tells you otherwise, they are lying to you. It's only through the gospel that you can be saved. And so the only reason you call on the name of the Lord for salvation is if you truly believed in him, what he did for you on the cross, you believed in the the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation, then you can call on his name and be saved. But otherwise you cannot. Look at our next verse, verse 14. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? There it is, Paul's answer. The Jews would ask them, you know, well, why would you call on somebody's name if you've never believed? Paul says, that's right, you can't. Why would you call on somebody's name who you've not believed? Verse 14, next part, and how shall they believe in him of whom they've not heard? So so see, that, that answers the question. Can't you simply just call out Jesus' name and be saved? Paul says, no. How can you if you've never believed in him? How could you if you've never heard of him? And then he says, and how shall they hear without a preacher? And so this verse right here proves the fact you can't just call on someone to be saved if you do not believe in them or you've never heard of them. And this is one reason I am very leery of these deathbed conversions. Now, I do believe the Lord can save a person in the last seconds of their life. I do believe that. I believe there's people that's heard the gospel. They have refused to accept it. And in the final moments of their life, they're convicted and they know they must call on Jesus' name to be saved. They believe it. I honestly believe that can happen. But I believe there is a lot of people who have left this walk of life because somebody said, just call on the name of Jesus and you can be saved. And they called on his name, but they didn't know who he was. They'd never heard of him. They've never believed by faith. And so they died and went to hell. So you cannot just call on his name and expect to go to heaven if you don't know who he is. And so many individuals, I'm afraid, have done that and are in hell as we speak. So there's much more to salvation than simply calling on Jesus' name. This is why you must rightly divide the word of truth. Rightly divide it. And I know I stress that point all the time. And I, I'm always harping on it, rightly dividing the word of truth, but it's because of things like this that we must do that. Why do you think there's so many false religions out there and denominations that's been started? Because they pulled and, and, and took one thing out of Scripture and, and put based their whole theology on it, their whole belief system on one verse or one thought or, or one word? And so they start a whole religion over that. And they've not rightly divided the word of truth. And you'll find all these false religions out there because of it. And so we can't just pick out one verse like that when it says, Call on the name of the Lord, thou shalt be saved, and that's it. No, we got to say, well, what else does the Bible say about it? Look before that. Look after that. Look throughout the Bible. And so the fact is, to be saved, you must hear the gospel. You must believe the gospel. And call on the name of the Lord for salvation. So far, let's, let's recap so far of what we've learned. Okay, so there's no difference between Jew and, and Greek, or Jew and Gentile. All men can be saved, and all men are saved the same way. By believing in the gospel, calling on the Lord for salvation. Secondly, the Lord is the same Lord over all those that believe and call upon him. For a man to call upon the name of the Lord for salvation... He must have heard the gospel, believed the gospel, and called on his name for salvation. To believe in him, you must have heard. And this is where preaching comes in. Paul says, and how shall they hear without a preacher? Now, before you start thinking the only way that a person can be saved is if a called man of God stands behind a pulpit, preaches a message, and a person hears it uh, from a preacher's mouth, that that's the only way they can be saved. Don't believe that. That's not the truth. Yes, a preacher must be in part of this because that word preacher right there means to publish or proclaim something which has been done. Now, of course, a preacher of the gospel is one who publishes or proclaims the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, therefore... It doesn't have to be somebody audibly speaking out the Word of God or audibly sharing the Gospel. Why, no. People have been saved simply by reading the printed Word of God. I still believe today that men can pick up a Bible and they can read through it and know who Jesus is and the Holy Spirit will convict their heart and they can be saved simply by reading God's Word because it's powerful, it's quick, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And so, no, it doesn't require a big fat guy standing behind a pulpit preaching out of the Bible. No, all it requires is hearing from God's word, the gospel, and believing in it. And so, preaching can be done through God's word. It can be done through a Bible tract. There's been millions of people who have trusted Jesus Christ because of a Bible tract. Because that Bible tract contained the gospel message. And they read it, and they believed it. That was published. And so that's a form of preaching. However, the traditional way that the Lord has always used and always will use to share the gospel is through audible preaching, such as I'm doing right now. And so it's it's speaking out God's word. Now, uh, Jesus, as we, as we see in the Bible, the only time we see that Jesus ever wrote anything was when he bent down and wrote in the sand when those men came in accusing the woman of adultery, and he wrote something in the sand, which we don't know what was, but that's the only time we read of Jesus writing something down. We don't ever read that or read that he wrote any books as an earthly man. Now we know the word of God and Jesus is God and it's he's the author of the Bible. But I'm what I'm speaking of here, he didn't go around writing Bible tracts and handing them out. He Spoke vocally. He preached. He taught. He went to the synagogues. He opened the scripture. He read from the scripture and he taught vocally the gospel. When he sent his disciples out all over the world to preach the gospel, starting in Jerusalem and then further on, it was through audible preaching. So they would stand up. They would declare God's word. Sure, they had the scripture to back them up, they had the Old Testament text. They had the inspiration from the Lord. They had the Holy Spirit guiding them and directing them, giving them the words to say. And they stood up and they preached God's word. That's how Peter was able to stand up on the day of Pentecost and preach about Jesus. And those thousands of 3,000 and more people got saved on the day of Pentecost. It was because of oral, vocal preaching. And so look at verse 15. It brings us to this verse. And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Now, notice that's got an exclamation uh, mark there at the end of that. Good things, good things is what it says. And so this preaching, how can they preach except they be sent? Well, I tell you what, you'd be surprised how many men stand up and claim to be a preacher that was not sent. I've known several that claim they were sent, and clearly they were not. They're no longer among us. (laughs) And so for a man to be a preacher, he must be sent. Men are not to just sit around, and one day they think, well, what occupation should I go into, you know, and... Well, they look over here, this guy, he's a welder. Well, that I don't want to do that. That's a hot, nasty job. This guy over here digs ditches. I don't want anything to do with that. Well, that's hard work. This man over here does something else. Well, I don't want to do that. Well, look at that guy up there. He's standing behind a pulpit, and, and uh, he's got on a nice suit and, and everything. And, boy, I think that's what I want to do. So I'm going to go be a preacher. Now, there's a lot of men that's done that. There's a lot of young men who's claimed to be called by God to be a preacher and and they try to get into the ministry, and they struggle and go on. Some of them even go a little ways in it. But I want you to know, you don't just sit around and think, I want to be a preacher. Most, I'm going to say this, most true preachers that's been called by God did not want to preach. I'm standing right here. as proved positive. My grandfather, Ed Spencer, proved positive. One of the greatest preachers in East Tennessee, uh, people are still talking about him after years and years after he's been uh, gone on to heaven. And he said that he tried to run from the preaching. He tried to do every job there was to do instead of preaching. And finally, God broke him. He had to do it. And so he he accepted the call. I was the same way. I said, there is absolutely no way that I'm going to be a preacher. My wife didn't marry a preacher but I'll tell you what, when God calls you to preach, you can't help but preach. And so most real preachers never wanted to preach. But God called them, put that burden on their heart, convicted them, for the need to get up and declare his word so that men could hear it and be saved. We're not here to try to tell you how good we are, how great we can speak, or, or how good-looking. Some men think, well, I am so good-looking, I can stand behind a pulpit and you know get all this attention and, and fill up the seats. <laughs> well, thank the Lord that uh, it doesn't require good looks to be a preacher. And so... The problem is when you're called to preach and you try to run, you cannot run away from God. There's nowhere you can run, nowhere you can hide. David said this in Psalm 139.8. He said, if I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. So there's no escaping the all-seeing eye of God. You can't run from preaching very long. It'll make you miserable. So you would probably be shocked, though, how many young men go to Bible college now, I, I hate to even say anything negative about Bible colleges. I've been through two Bible colleges, and I, I loved every minute of it. And I, I gained a lot of knowledge and information and, and things through Bible college. I, you know, I wouldn't trade that for anything. I loved it. But there is a lot of young men who's went into Bible college uh, with the the purpose of an occupation. They weren't called by God, but yet they went to that Bible college and become a preacher (laughs) you know you'd be shocked to know how many a lot of them were mom and daddy called granny and grandpa called you know you'd make a good preacher you need to go into bible college to get you a a degree and be a preacher you know or maybe they thought preaching would be an easy occupation one they wouldn't have to break their back on or or anything boy i'll tell you what if they got into real preaching and pastoring they'll find out right quick it's no easy job And uh, what a sad and empty life it is to claim to be something that you really aren't. Our text says, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Well, and beautiful feet, huh? Well, I don't know about that. I look down at mine. They don't look so great. But that's not what he means. do not mean this physical uh, appearance of your feet. He just means how beautiful it is that you're on those feet going and sharing the gospel. What a beautiful thing. And it's based on Old Testament scripture. This uh, what Paul says about the beautiful feet. Isaiah 52 and 7 says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings, that publisheth peace, that bringeth good tidings of good, that publisheth salvation, that saith unto Zion, thy God reigneth. And so this is backed up by scripture about the beautiful feet of those who proclaim the gospel. Um, It's good news. Men that go in obedience to the Lord and herald out the, the gospel. It's good news. Jesus saves. And the Lord says they're beautiful for that. And I like that. All right. Now look at verse 16. He goes on to say, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? Now, we know Paul's referencing Isaiah 53, uh, verse 1, where where Isaiah, that's that's the claim he makes to the Lord. The first thing he says, he says, Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Uh, Isaiah preached the gospel over and over and over, sharing the good news of the Lord. And uh, he had shared with men of what they needed to do and put all their faith and trust in God. And here he opens up by saying, who's believed our report? He looks around, he says, obviously, it doesn't look like many has. And, you know, it's the same thing today. Who's believed our report? Paul says, but they've not all obeyed the gospel. That means they've not all trusted or believed in it, is what that means. And so the truth is, not everyone that hears the gospel will accept the gospel and believe it. There will always be those that reject the gospel of Jesus Christ there will always be those headwaggers and naysayers, those that uh, are atheistic in thought, those that believe themselves to be their own gods, and you better believe there's a lot of them going on today. A lot of men believe in their, their own gods. And so, uh, unfortunately though, there's going to be a day when all those that are in unbelief, they will believe, but it will be too late. The Bible tells us in Romans 14, 11, and 12, For it is written, As I live, saith the Lord, Every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. And so, listen, everyone, those that believe and those that don't believe, is going to present themselves before the Lord. And they will believe at that point, but it will be too late. Paul writes in Philippians chapter two, verses ten and eleven, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven and things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Make no mistake about it friend, you can laugh about the gospel, you can poke fun at the preaching, you can refuse to believe in it, but I want you to know one day you will stand before an almighty God, you will bow your knees and you will believe in the Lord Jesus Christ but if you've not believed it before you die, you will go to hell and that's as clear as I can be today you will go to hell and so that's when it gets us to where the rubber meets the road. Look at our text now, Romans ten seventeen. And this is this is really the focus of what I wanted the message to be on. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. The word of God. And listen, that's our theme for this year, is the Word of God. Everything that we do, everything that we establish, every uh ministry, every purpose of the church is to share the word of God. And so the only way a person can be saved is if they believe by faith. Faith, and it comes through hearing. Our religion is a religion of faith. That's, that's what it is. It's a faith-based religion. Second Corinthians 5 and 7 says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. Over in Galatians 3 and 11, the last part of the verse says, For the just shall live by faith. And so it was by faith that we believed in Jesus Christ, in the gospel. None of us has seen Jesus at any time. None of us, no one. None of us saw him hang on the cross. None of us saw him shed every drop of his blood. None of us saw the soldier push the sword up in his side and the water come out. None of us saw them take him down off that cross. None of us saw them bury him in a borrowed tomb. And none of us was there when he rose from the dead on the third day just like he said he would. None of us saw that. But I want you to know if you're saved today, you believe it by faith. You believe every word of that, of what God said. And if you don't believe that, you're not saved. Back in 1972, I had never heard the gospel. Oh sure, I'd been to preaching a lot. I got drugged to every church service that was open. We went Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday nights through revivals and vacation Bible school, you name it, when the church was open, we were there. But this little six year old boy at that time had never really heard the gospel preached, or had not listened. I'd not bothered paying attention. But I want you to know on that night in 1972 in Vacation Bible School, I was sitting there and the preacher got up, preacher uh, uh, Adriel Hall, and he stood up and he preached the gospel. And this little six-year-old boy was listening that night and he heard the gospel and he believed in the finished work of Christ on the cross. And I went down and I called upon the name of the Lord and I was saved that night. And I've always been saved. And so listen you'll hear some very popular people get on the television and try to tell you there's some other way to be saved besides believing in the Lord Jesus. And they're liars. Joe Osteen, one of the biggest preachers in this this country, has one of the biggest congregations uh, of anybody. And he gets on national television and says, well, I'm just not sure Jesus is the only way. I believe he is, but... Of course, he was sitting there talking to Larry King live and Larry King being a Jew and Joel didn't want to embarrass him there on live television. And he says, I, 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 I don't know. I'm not the judge. Jesus is a judge. you got Oprah Winfrey. And if you don't think she's a preacher today, you better think again. She's preaching a new aged gospel, a false gospel. She's teaching the works of Eckhart Tolle and telling millions of her followers to go buy his books and read them and believe what he's teaching. And she says there are many ways to heaven. And I quote, if you have a God, this is Oprah saying, if you have a God that you believe in, it is not the true God. You are God. So if you have a God out there that you're believing in and have a faith in it, it's not the true God. Oprah said, I used to think the purpose for Jesus coming was to die on the cross for our sins. Wrong, she said. The reason he came was to teach us the Christ consciousness and understand our own divinity. What? So Oprah stands up and says, listen, Jesus didn't come here to die for your sins. He came here as an example so that you would know your own divinity. Oh, really? That's not what the Bible says. Over in John fourteen six, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father, but by me. Over in Acts 4, 12, the Bible says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. It says in John 3, and 18, Jesus said, He that believeth on him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already, because he's not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Who is that? That's the Lord Jesus Christ. If you've not believed in him, you're condemned. Condemned to hell. And so it's crystal clear the only way to be saved is by placing your faith in the one, Jesus Christ. in His finished work on the cross. And what is faith? According to Hebrews 11 to 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I didn't see it, but by faith I believe it. And I'm saved because of it. Now let's read verses 18 through 21 and we'll be finished. It says, but I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily their sound went into all the earth and their words unto the ends of the world. But I say, did not Israel know? First Moses saith, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people. And by a foolish nation, I will anger you. But Isaiah says, very bold and saith, I was found of them that sought me not. I was made manifest unto them that asked not after me. But to Israel, he saith, all day long I have stretched forth my hands unto a disobedient and gainsaying people. And so there Paul is making the case that, see, even the Old Testament prophet Isaiah had claimed that he was, that the Lord was going to share the gospel with all men, even those that you claim not to be a people, those Gentiles, those Greeks, those dogs. And he says he tried to, to go to you, but you were disobedient. You were gainsaying people. And so these last verses are those who would question whether the Jews had heard all the truth. Had the had the Gentiles heard the truth? How could they even be saved? They've never heard the truth. Well, they have heard the truth. It's been spread all over the world. And they say, have they not heard? And Paul's answer is yes. Barely the sound went into all the earth and their words into all the ends of the world. And so he's taking another quote from the, the Psalms. David said this Psalm 19 and 4 their line has gone out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. And them hath he set a tabernacle for the Son. And so the fact is the Jews refuse to believe in the gospel. Uh, God has always foretold of the salvation of the Gentile. Which would provoke the Jew to jealousy. And so listen friend. I want you to know today. It doesn't matter what denomination you are. What uh, religion you claim to have. Uh, what faith you claim to have. If it's not in the Lord Jesus Christ. Your faith is for nothing. Your faith is going to send you to hell. The only way you're going to go to heaven and be before the Father is is if you've trusted in the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. If you've not done that, you're not saved and you're not going to go to heaven. And I want you to know today you don't have to be that way. All it takes is for you to hear the preached Word of God. We preached it today straight from His Word. If you believe it, if you believe that Jesus came and died on the cross to save you from your sins and He was buried and He rose again in three days, if you believe in that and that you can call upon the name of the Lord and you can be saved. That's all it takes, friends. That's all it takes is truly believe in that. And if you believe that today, would you pray this prayer with me? We're going to close right now And I'm going to pray a prayer. I'm going to pray a prayer. Some might call it the sinner's prayer. Uh, The Bible doesn't call it that. What we're going to do is just pray for those that may be lost today that want to be saved. You pray along with me. Our Heavenly Father, God, we come to you today thanking you for the message. Lord, thank you for the truth of the gospel. Lord, we believe it. Lord, we we believe in the finished work of Christ on the cross, Lord, that you sent Jesus here to die for our sins. Lord, he hung on the cross and he died. He shed his blood. Lord, he was taken down off that cross and placed in a borrowed tomb where he arose in three days. And Lord, now we know according to your word, he's sitting on the right hand of you, Lord, on the right hand of the Father. He's making intercession. Lord, he's there to save us. And God, those that are not saved today, we just want to call upon his name. Lord, save me. Lord, I believe in you. Lord, I trust in you as Savior. I want you to save me today. If that's you right now, if you've never been saved, call on his name. If you believe it, call on his name and he'll save you. He'll save you from everlasting torment in hell. And you can be assured of a place in heaven. Oh, friend, don't put it off. Help Him, Lord. Help Him. Help them, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for everything. Help us, Lord. Amen. Well, I pray that the Lord has, has spoke to you today. And uh, nothing I've done but what God's word has said. If you need any help with this, if you've got any questions, just send me an email. It's pastor at Knox. Dot com. you can just go to our website and click on the contact us and, and find it there at pbcknocks.com I'll be glad to help you with any of this don't put it off I appreciate you for listening today pray you have a great day today and we'll see you back here on our next appointed time all hearts and minds clear and fear of the Lord we're separated